Oh girl, this is Miyoshi Walker and you're listening to the Girl Good Grief podcast where we share stories of navigating through grief, life lessons, and relationships. We will explore the losses that define our lives. So why should we settle to merely exist when we become transformed by the experiences grief can teach us? Girl Good Grief is about me defining how you don't have to settle in sorrow, pain, or your grief. Be inspired to be more meaningful and intentional with your time on this beautiful planet. My message is not limited to a gender, socioeconomic boundary, one thing, or one person. Girl Good Grief is the euphemism of good God. And we can navigate the challenges of grief by trusting God every step of the way. Grief can teach us to live, live in each moment, ignite courage that we didn't know we possess, and teach us our strength. So why don't you join me on this journey as I share my real life stories of how I navigated through difficulties, learning how to cope with grief and how I allow God to transform me into a brave woman of faith. By doing this, I begin to think different, live different, speak different, believe different and totally trusting him along the way. We believe that grief comes in all forms of life, but you don't have to navigate it alone. You can be inspired to shift your mindset to trusting God through the process of grief, no matter what that looked like. On this podcast, this is where we're trusting God through the process. Welcome back. In today's episode, Trusting God During the Unknown, I will discuss what it's like to continue to trust God during those unknown times. Let's get started. So on today, I know it's been maybe two weeks since I made a podcast. However, um, a lot of things were shifting and trying to get everything together in a line. And so I do apologize for that. However, I'm back on track and um, here we go. So today's topic on trusting God through the unknown um, I asked God, what is it that I need to speak about or say during this time? Because as you all know that during this time, we're going through the coronavirus or the COVID-19 epidemic at this time or pandemic at this time, and it's worldwide. And so, you know, at this time, you know, our faith can be shaken if we allow it. But if we are true children of God, we know where our faith lies and who it lies in. And sometimes, you know, although we're double fisting, you know, sometimes we have fruit in one hand and fear in the other hand, you know, I couldn't begin to pass any judgment here because it was times that, you know, at the beginning of this, you know, I I am sharing faith, I'm fine, but it's some things that of the unknown, what I was unsure of, and then faith began to, I mean, I'm sorry, fear began to uh, take place, but I had to pray and ask God to just you know, cover my family and I in order for us to know that we could trust him through this entire thing of the unknown and to give us the discernment that we need in order to make the decisions that was necessary for our family to prepare. So just as the Israelites, you know, I feel you. So even now, after all that we've seen after The things that, you know, we've been through sometimes to hold the fruit of faithfulness of God while simultaneously we gripping on to fear, you know, he he might not act again. And so the unknown things in our lives are very hard. So um, 
you know, that can intrude our sense of well-being at times. So, you know, how do you respond to that? Or what is it um, that you desire to seek God for and knowing that you can trust him? But how do you respond when suffering enters into your world and changes that come your way that you see everything is changing and it shows you just, you know, how things cannot stay the same, but do you trust him in the unknowing times? And then you have to know that you have to, um, trust him in all things that we go through. But this shows you just how completely, you know, how out of control we are of things, because sometimes we think we have everything under control. We think we have everything planned out, mapped out and, you know, scheduled the way that we intend for it to be. But that shows us how out of control we are. And God has the complete control of everything that we do in our lives. So when we are facing an um, an uncertain future right now, you know, do you long for the assurance of a specific outcome of this thing? Because, you know, as I stated, the unknown and um, not being in control of an issue or a thing sometimes can create the fear. But when you know that your faith relies and you can stand on the word of God, that's where your strength will come from. But does this does it seem like, you know, at this time that you're going through not just only the COVID pandemic, but it can be any issue that you're experiencing right now along with that. But does it seem like the less you know and the longer you wait, the more anxiety and fear that comes and it chase away that piece of your mind, you know, that typically, typically can happen, but God cares about us and what's going in our life right now. He cares about you. He cares about what's going in your life right now. He is with you in the mindset and everything in the midst of what you're facing. He can help you in your uncertainty and your suffering. He is there with um, knowing the unknown, he already knew about it before it even happened, but we have to continue to trust him in all things. And so even if we have an unknown future, unknown illness, um, unexpected loss at this time, and we, we don't know what the process of that is, but we have to know that the process of trusting God is transforming our lives. If we allow him to do it. And just like the story, I want to share this story about the Israelite spies that stood on the edge of their promise. You know, they can see the journey ahead of them. They were chosen to inherit a land that was promised to them. And now 12 men, one from each tribe of Israel, was selected to check out the land and to return and report. And this can be found in Numbers 13. So these men had undoubtedly witnessed miracles, the parting of the Red Sea, the manna falling from heaven, deliverance from slavery. They had witnessed firsthand the certainty of God's provision. But instead of feeling excitement that they would finally inherit the promise God had given them, they were filled, filled with terror. They was paralyzed by what was before them. They just seen the issue and the problem that was there before them instead of the promise that God had given them. So when the spies came back from their mission, they came back with two things. They came back with the fruit and they came back with the fear. And what do I mean by that? Because in their hands were symbols of goodness of the land, which was promised to them. But in their hearts, they were 
possibly fortified by the giants and the intimidating opponents that was before them. So ways of doubt covered them and clouded their memory of all what the Lord had done for them since they had left Egypt. And although they were double fisting the fruit in one hand and the fear in the other, I couldn't begin to pass judgment here because, you know, even now after all that we've seen and go through sometime, you know, we can't allow fear to overtake us. But only out of 12 of the spies, only two of the spies, which was Joshua and Caleb, they believed that they could take the land and they trusted that it was theirs to inherit. So they knew that God was with them and they had faith in his promises. And just maybe all this is purely just their own speculation, but they didn't want to return to the wandering in the desert and the unknown and the uncertainty. And so the untimely, it was ultimately, however, the other 10 spies filled the Israelites with enough fear that they chose to move forward into the promised land. The Israelite spirit of doubt was bigger than their own trust in the deliverance of what they was promised. They feared uh, what was bigger than their faith. And that decision cost them. Do you want your, your fear to cost you what God has promised you in this season? This season of uncertainty, we have to still trust and rely on God no matter what we're going through, no matter what it looked like, we have to continue to trust him because of their lack of faith. 40 years before they was banished from the promised land and they were sentenced to the years of wandering. So, but now the Israelites stood at the edge of their promise. Once again, almost after 500 years of Egyptian capacity and I mean, I'm sorry, uh, the Egyptian captivity In over 40 years of wandering in the desert, the children of God stood at the edge of their freedom behind Moses, their successor, Joshua. He stood there in a place he stood years before after the spies um, initiated the expedition into the promised land. But Joshua knew the truth. The Israelites had released had been released from captivity and from slavery, but they had not received their promise. They had not received their whole freedom yet, but faced with the decision, Joshua gave the order. Yes, the the land was still filled with giants, but the land was still filled with the unknown. So the land still uh, contained the enemy walls, but the promise of God remained true no matter what. And this time the Israelites walked into that promise as frightening as it may seem. They walked into it. But we have to remember these three things that I want to discuss today about trusting God during the unknown, the true freedom of it. We have to know that we have to pray without ceasing. There is joy in suffering and trusting God while we're awake. And so the true freedom here is there's a difference between deliverance and freedom. So the Israelites were delivered from slavery, but they were stuck in the desert because they were not free. So the Israelites had to learn that freedom takes courage, just like I had to learn along this journey that I had to know that it does take courage in order to have freedom. 
So to move out of the desert wilderness and wanderings, we need to be willing to take a step into the unknown. And right now in the position and place we in during this time, during this um, pandemic of the COVID-19, this is a worldwide thing. We don't know. We are in the unknown. So it can be a little bit scary. It can be a little bit frightening. But however, we have to know the promise that God has given us and that we have to stand and believe and rely on God for those promises, no matter what it looked like. So back to the story, it says there, it was a time when, um, there will come a time when either we either believe God or we, who he says he is and what he can do, or we can continue to wander and we can continue to be afraid to inherit what has been promised to us because Joshua, the new leader, he was commissioned by Moses to take his place when he passed away. And this can be found in Deuteronomy 31. And he was charged to lead his people into their destiny. So Joshua relied on God's promise. Yes. The, the land still was full of giants. Yes. The land was still uh, shrouded by the unknown. The land still contained, you know, the enemy walls, but the promise of God remained true. And this time the Israelites walked into their promises as frightening as it must have seemed. So we need to know that when we stand on these promises, like the Israelites did, we can either move forward or we can stand still. And so here's what I do know. That the issue at hand is in God's ability to keep his word to us, but whether we'll trust him enough to enter our own promised lands in full faith. And so the first thing that I wanted to share, the first point is that we need to know that we need to pray without ceasing. And first Thessalonians tell us that first Thessalonians five and 16 tells us to pray without ceasing because that is the will of God in Christ for us. So when we're praying throughout the day, especially during the, these difficult, hard times or any other times that we're going through, we're aligning up with God's will. We're putting ourselves in that position to open up the door for God to do exceedingly and above all that we can ask or ever imagine. And so we continue to pray without ceasing that we know that no matter what, that we are aligning up with God's will. And we are positioning ourselves to open the door for God to do exceedingly and above what we can ask or can imagine. And we can continue to put our faith in him and continue to trust him no matter what. And we continue to praise him and be at his feet and prostrate ourselves before him. And knowing that no matter what, that he has his promises that he has given each of us. But we have to trust and know that his promises will stand true. We can't continue to operate in our own power and knowing that our power lies within him. We can only come to him when when something is going wrong or we don't know what way, which way to turn. That's not fair to him. We should continuously have a relationship with him through the good, bad and ugly. And we should always pray without ceasing and seeking him in all things with our whole heart. You know, God desires that relationship with us. He desires to have that relationship with us, not only when trying or hard times come, but he wants us to 
have that relationship, ongoing relationship with him at all times. And we should seek him and we should pray without ceasing. Because again, it says pray without ceasing because that is the will of God in Christ for us. We should always ask God what is his will, his will for us, what he want us to do, how he want us to do it, which way he want us to go. If we are operating in his will, if we are continuing to be in his will, because no matter what, we want to know that we are in his will because nothing can harm us. If we are in his will, nothing can come against us if we are in his will. We should we should know that we can walk around and encouraging and being encouraged and we shouldn't fear anything because we only should have the fear of God because scripture says when we have the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And so we should fear him and fear him only and not man in our circumstances because God is bigger. God is able because God is able. He was able to speak the universe into existence. He was able to breathe life into into human form from the dirt and dust. He's able to do exceedingly and above all that we ask or we can ever imagine. And so the second point is. There's joy and suffering. So when we choose to trust God in the unknown, in the most difficult parts of our lives and in our in our journey, we experience the truest form of joy. And it's a joy that isn't dependent on our circumstances. So a joy that begins to transform the way our eyes see the challenges around us. This joy is which is a result of depending on the Holy Spirit, which allows us to understand a little bit about more about Jesus and how he is. He sacrificed on the cross and therefore to truly see how this life is a beautiful gift. And it says that in in first Peter one and eight, that though you have not seen him, you love him, though you do not see though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. And then Psalms 9, 9 and 10 says, And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So through our suffering, we can experience God even more intimately than if our lives were without pain, because God is a redeemer. He restores, he repurposes the broken parts of our, of our lives and of our stories. And they can become conduits to a deeper relationship with him and a fuller grasp of the gospel. When we realize that the comfort that we know um, as normal are actually not guaranteed, we should know that we we just fully ha- we we can fully trust him in all things and that we could trust God in the unknown so even though through our anger and our pain we have a choice we can either turn away from God because God wouldn't have allowed this you know most of us say you know God wouldn't have allowed this if he is who he say he is or we can walk towards him believing that his love is independent on our circumstances, but understanding that he makes all things new and that he realized that even in the most difficult experiences, he has given us a beautiful and unique purpose through it all. And it is joy and suffering because he is there and he wants us to depend and count on him in all things that we go through. 
And we have to know that we have to trust God no matter what we're going through, no matter what it looked like, no matter what it is, because we have to. And so that leads us to the third point of trusting God while we're waiting. And just because it seems like there is no solution, it doesn't mean there is no solution. And I'm going to say that again. Just because there seems to be no solution, it doesn't mean there is no solution. And so in Isaiah 41 and 10, it says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So fear would attack us and try to convince us that there is no solution. There's just no way that this is going to work out. That's what we tell ourselves. There, There is no end to this. When will it be over? I, I've done all I know I need to do and nothing is working, but there seems to be no way. But if we trust God and know that if we can know that he has the solution and trust him in the waiting and during the experience that we're going through, we know that all things work together for our good because we're trusting him while we're waiting. And in in Acts 12, King Herod of Jerusalem had James, the leader of Jesus church killed, but he did it to make political points with the people who hated Jesus people. It was a Passover and more Jews were in town. So now he, 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 now he was Peter, a high profile, um, member and he was sentenced to die too. But Peter had, it is it, just a political pawn to uh, Herod, King Herod. Um, he was just trying to show the Jews that he had control and don't mess with him and try to unsettle Jerusalem as long as he was king. So Peter is, is arrested and in jail and under a heavy guard. He had four squads of soldiers at six shifts around him around the clock. He was chained at the wrist to a guard on each side. He was shackled to his feet. And so that must have been very uncomfortable. But in that, in that sense, that's telling me that they knew the power of God for them to have that much constraints on Peter and to have that many people over him. So as the Christians gathered to pray at the home of Peter's release, they must have been wondering if Peter gets kills, who is next? So God heard their prayers and sent an angel to release Peter from prison. And I'm going to read Acts um, chapter 12, 6 through 19. And it says the night before Herod was to bring him to trial. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Verse eight. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 12. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. In verse 11, it says, Then Peter came to himself and said, 
Now, I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When he had this dawn on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and the service. Rhonda came to the to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed that she ran back without opening and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. In verse 15, you're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept knocking, and when they opened the door and saw them, they was astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. And then he left for another place. Verse 18, in the morning, there was no small commotion about the soldiers as what had become of Peter after Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him. He cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. And that was verse 19. And in that, that tells you how God can step in and he can make a way. And so even though we read that how God heard the prayers and sent one of the angels to release Peter from prison. You know, I wonder how it would feel, you know, if it was a night before we were scheduled to be executed. You know, would I be sleeping or would I be stressed or, you know, what would our mindsets be? I would love to say and pray for a miracle because that's what happened, you know. Um, So somehow Peter slept deeply. He remained in peace while faith facing his death in a few short hours. But how? Because certainly God was helping him, but he played his part too. So you can't imagine if we remain in God's peace and we don't have our own agenda, how things can play out. Because if Peter had been focused on his own agenda and worried about his plans not coming to pass and worried about his own life or worried about the church who looked to him for leadership or his family. Here's a man that was somehow free from all that stuff that we are normally concerned about. But it we have to look at it and know that it is realistic to think we can deal with serious life issues and real life responsibilities and family issues and financial pressures and, you know, things that come about that's that's here that we have no control over it and have a multitude of demands placed upon us and not get way down from stress. But if we can rely on God and trust God in the waiting, if we trust him in waiting, all things will come to pass. And so with God, we can do the impossible. And so I just want to reiterate that if we trust God, no matter what we're going through, trusting him in the unknown, if we pray without ceasing, we're able to make it through. He will position us and put us where we need to be. And he will do exceedingly and abundantly above what we ask or can even imagine. And secondly, if we find joy in our suffering, because it says in Psalms 9 and 10, if and those who know your name put their trust in you, 
For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And we have to know that without a shadow of a doubt, if we put our trust in God, he will not forsake us who seek him. And and we have to find the joy in the suffering because trouble don't last always. And this too shall pass no matter what it look like. We have to have faith because it says faith without works is dead. But we have to be operating in the meantime. And we have to know that trusting God while we're waiting and knowing that no matter what, we can trust God while we're waiting. Because just because it seems to be no solution, it doesn't mean there is no solution in whatever we're going through. Because as is stated, Peter was in prison and he prayed and for the release and he was released. God heard his prayers and he was released. So I don't know if, you know, it can get any more plainer than that. And there's many more stories within the Bible that we can read and know about to see of God goodness. But we have to trust him through the process and knowing that we can trust God during the unknown. And that completes today's episode. Many blessings to you. That's it for today's episode, Trusting God During the Unknown. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Girl Good Grief. Please subscribe, rate, download, and leave a review on the Girl Good Grief podcast platforms. Rate the show and please be sure to share on your social media page, tag or mention me. Tell me what you think about the show. And for additional information, you can find the Girl Good Grief community on Facebook at Girl Good Grief or by email at girlgoodgriefpodcast at gmail.com. Please like our Facebook page. Have a good rest of the week. Many blessings to you.